0: This evening's Dharma Talk is titled Polished Delusion. Polished, shined up, modified, enhanced, delusion, confusion, obstruction, running in circles. So the idea here is to try to point out the way we emphasize or strengthen the confusion that we are receiving. The misunderstanding that we are receiving, instead of looking at it deeply and seeing that it's a misunderstanding, that it is confusion, instead we shine it up. And there's different ways of doing that. One is to explain it, uh, another one is to blame ourselves, another is to even analyze it, could be a way of making it stronger and reinforcing it. One of the ways that this shows up in our culture, and in culture in general, is something that is called an opinion. And it's not that you can't have some kind of a, an angle on something, understand something in a certain way. But people tend to, unless rather than give that some kind of uh, pliability or movability, people tend to clamp down on that opinion because it feels good, feels secure. At least I know what I think. And we even reinforce each other's delusion by swapping, discussing, analyzing, criticizing, enhancing, polishing opinions about everything. And so the way I talk about this is to not try to change that, and I try to not try to stop doing that, but to see more deeply into the way we keep uh, covering up or filling up uh, the basic openness, the natural clarity that we are born with, with ideas, thoughts, opinions. Descriptions, uh, uh, examinations, elaborations, conclusions, conclusions, and this tends to polish that area that I'm referring to here as a delusion or diluted. What does it mean to be diluted? What does it mean to be diluted? Not to not see your confusion. No, it does to not see your confusion. If you see the confusion, there may still be some delusion going on, but at least there's there's some kind of openness in that area where one is beginning to, you could say, investigate that, see more deeply and down into that situation. <clears throat> Though we ha- might have supports, uh, ideas, teachings, even the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, twelve links, or the twelve nidanas. And just very simple ideas like passion, aggression, and ignorance. Though we may have those, we tend to want to get more um, reference points. We want to cling to ideas and back them up with some kind of proof or some kind of rationale. So it's not so much about not doing that because then that might cause another kind of delusion which is uh, is called, I'm getting better, I'm improving. At least I'm not doing that anymore. Have you ever said that? Well, at least I'm, anytime you hear that, at least I'm, look closely at what that's covering up and what it is uh, um, pretending to open. It's just another way of, giving a subtle pat on the back to the ego of self-centeredness. Well, at least I'm not murdering anybody. So I'm on a gold star. So it is not about some kind of gaining idea, some kind of getting better and improving, although that could show up in some way. And the liner notes of your life, but the fundamental situation is to see clearly what this is, and that takes some guts, because it is not particularly pleasant. So what is being recommended, if you're listening to me, is to look more deeply into the way your mind works, the way your mind glosses over, covers up, polishes, that area that needs to be observed. When I say needs to be, doesn't need to be, do something else. The the problem that shows up with not addressing it directly is it tends to morph into something else, you get more and more laminations of confusion and more and more uh, distress, more and more warfare, and more and more of that warfare gets project, projected out onto others whom, whom we blame for how we feel. <clears throat> when someone does something, says something, acts in a certain way, and this tends to trigger negativity for you or negative feelings, um, have you noticed how we tend to, even though we know they didn't cause it, we tend to blame that person or that situation for buying into some kind of cause and effect, as if the blaming of something uh, relieves the difficulty. I'd like some questions if you have them. Shudo. Confusion can look like
1: um, covering something up and I'm wondering is there something behind the cover up?
0: I'm not sure where you're going with that Maybe you could paraphrase yourself um,
1: with what How Chi is on answering that question saying that
0: delusion uh, is not seeing
1: your confusion and I'm wondering if if we're if seeing the confusion
0: is enough? Is there something behind it? Seeing the confusion is enough. But you have to really see it, and you and you have to watch the way you cover it up. Watching the way you cover it up is, is the confusion. More?
1: I don't really know how to ask it, so... I probably don't know how to answer it then. Just confused with like the different levels of the cover-up. If seeing the cover up, does that make it not a cover-up?
0: There still may that still may be occurring, but one is beginning to uh, to take away the fuel or the energy that causes that to, to repeat and to go over, cover it up, it opens up and cover it up and then it opens up. If, if there's any credential given that we give ourselves when we start to see more deeply, well, at least I'm looking at it anything like that tends to just make another layer of separation happening another layer of separating yourself from something that might be not look so good so good feel so good and so on more in
1: answering his question you were saying that it creates another layer are there like layers of confusion
0: or do we i think so and i think it's different with each person i think that that's why even though i may or anybody might be able to see the way in which you're confused have you noticed how you can always see the confusion in others fairly easily but you have kind of difficulty with your own confusion you can kind of see how if they just listen to me i could probably help them with that So yes, there seems to be layers of that, not only for ourselves, but in others. And that's why uh, to try to help someone with that without their permission, without them actually asking you, may be making things worse for them. So don't particularly give advice to anyone about, even though you can see something that, if they were to hear what you're saying might be helpful to them, be premature you could say to make any, give any kind of advice unless they turn to you and say i'm having difficulty with this what can i do or what would you do if you were in this situation and Then, and even then you would go in very slowly make sure they really want to hear that
1: i a question of like how that resides or when the confusion goes away and you don't see it anymore, then where is it? I don't know. Uh, Or even in someone else, if you see their confusion, then suddenly the next day it doesn't appear that they're confused anymore, so where,
0: where did that go? Or is that still there? Well, it might not be showing up. You're only seeing what's kind of being expressed or what's right in front of you. And you also are probably seeing what you're projecting onto the situation. So some of what you're seeing, if not all of what you're seeing, is a projection. It's very difficult to explain that in a way that, that holds up with our own uh, um, evidence-hungry mind. Uh, the ego wants evidence that I have proof for things.
1: resides in the
0: body? I think so. But when I say that, I have to follow that up by saying that the body and the mind, they they look different. The the thinking process and that whole situation, uh, they look like two different things. They seem to be functioning differently. I can think about one thing and do something else. So there's... But anything that's happening in the mind is there's some kind of something very. Uh, um, you could say it's the same thing. You could say it's uh, it's complementary. You could say that it happens in the body first, then in the mind. You could say that it happens both at the same time. You could say that the very happening is not separate from the body and the mind. If you could say it a lot of different ways. We're using language which is uh, conceptual and very very polar polarized. Is and isn't. Speaking, not speaking. Thinking, not thinking. So this is why the awareness practice becomes very, as you do it, becomes more and more and more intimate about your personal way of being here, your personal, very personal, intimate way that your mind covers things up. Uh, sometimes that can show up as being kind of embarrassing. It's like being kind of embarrassed that you weren't able to see that or knowing it's been there all along, and then you're feeling like, oh, I didn't see that, and now I'm seeing it.
2: How can we see a misunderstanding without the conceptual mind coming in?
0: I think the conceptual mind may come in. We don't have to stop it. We just have to be aware that we're that when, when we see that, that we're, there's fabrications start to arise immediately. Anytime this occurs, something else is going to occur. It's not so much about stopping that and being some kind of isolated person who never has a projection, never has any delusion, never has any confusion. It is about seeing that. And then as you see that, when you see that, and when you see that what is happening there, you begin to see that there is no solid identity that is seeing that. It's just seeing We're just seeing, it's just as is said in the Yogacara tradition, perception only. Just consciousness, just perception. No No perceiver, no object perceived. We're not saying there aren't separate bodies here, separate thoughts arising and falling away. We're not saying there isn't separation, but the fundamental situation that we're in is not separate. Is delusion
2: synonymous with the thought process?
0: Um, that they, they're quite good friends, but they're not the same thing. Not exactly. The delusion part is uh, believing the thoughts that your the thought arises, and you add something to it. The thought arises just karma, what we call uh, the fancy word of prarabdha karma, just karma coming out of out of who knows where it comes from. Seem to have a specific source, and then we add something onto it. We believe it, or we disbelieve it, or we are not interested. We ignore it passion, aggression, ignorance. More?
2: Um, A question from Don from Shenandoah Retreat, Virginia. This is his first time listening to the live stream he asks a uh, two two part question is giving yourself advice just as unhelpful as giving others advice is one worse than the other
0: well it's, it's really good advice
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's a it's a good question because it, it it's it seems to it's always about you hear me say this over and over and I'm saying it till I sometimes I forget I forget what it even means say it so much, but the awareness of what is happening, the actual spatial quality or the, the kind of, it's like the understanding without thoughts, that around or with or as the advice is arising or as you're in, uh, endeavoring to lecture yourself or saying, I really need to stop doing that. I need to, I need to hold my seat. I need to be more patient. I should, I should, I shouldn't, I should. It's about being aware that that's happening rather than meddling with it and trying to be a person who doesn't give advice or be a person who gives good advice. <clears throat> it's about being, really being aware of that. So the, the the reason this is so difficult is the self-centered mind, the ego mind, gets very, very irritated with being, being, um, being exposed for the, uh, the, uh, imposter that it is. It's it's an imposter. It's 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 an imposter in the sense that it is usurping the the identity of just the idea of identity for and and trying to convince us that we are somebody, that we are some solid ongoing being. This is a misunderstanding. And so if we try to get this or stop this or start that or fiddle around in that whole area, it tends to just make it more and more circular. And the interesting thing about the circularity is if one is totally enamored of oneself, this doesn't mean that they don't talk about enlightenment or talk about meditation. It doesn't mean they don't. they might even meditate day in and day out, over and over again. But it seems to be necessary to see the delusion, to see, and one of the ways to see that is to see the way in which you polish it. So something arises and we do something with it. Very difficult for the ego mind, the self-centered mind to watch something occur without knowing what it is, without naming it, evaluating it, judging it, giving ourselves advice about it. So to Don, I would say it's just about being aware of that. And that can take a while, it can take years. Very difficult to do this without a teacher teaching person, and a community who are all, so that your your community, the people you talk to are also working on this. Otherwise, the circularity of people who are not examining their minds, they're not interested in this at all. They're interested in making a lot of money, being famous, staying out of trouble, having a yacht, uh, (coughs) having a bass boat, having a, a, a 250cc Yamaha. You want one of those? Uh-huh. Okay. I mean wanting, you know, wanting this, not wanting that, wanting some of this. Uh, so it's it's the desire for something else, wanting something else. Something else. <clears throat> Please excuse my low energy
2: this evening. Yes. When you say something arises and we do something with it, if thoughts if we can't control our thoughts, then how are we doing anything? Uh, we aren't
0: doing anything. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> we aren't doing anything. We, we really can't, the, the illusion of control is just that, it is an illusion. We, we have no, we have no control. We have some control and we, we use little things like I can pick this up or I can set it down. I can ring this bell. Or I can ring this bell. We don't really have control in the way we uh, or that we impute or we, we imagine we do. It's not that there isn't some, but it, but it happens in a way that is very uh, very subtle. Uh, quite often, if someone is, uh, if we say someone is out of control, as abusing people or doing something like that, we tend to, instead of understanding, instead of trying to see what's happening with them, uh, it's much easier just to blame them. Well, they're bad, they shouldn't be doing that. Well, who do they think they are? Rather than looking at the causes and conditions that arise as that particular person that is spinning around and, and drawing other people into their spinning orbit. Shoto?
1: does the projection that we put on things and the thing that um, impinges on our senses, do those things come up together? Does the projection and the sense input come up together?
0: Seems like there's some kind of a gap there. Something happens and we add. My friend uh, John Roadhouse and friends of yours too, uh, talks about first moment, second moment, which might have some use for people. There's a first moment when something occurs and there's a second moment where you do something about it. Others see our confusion more clearly than we can. Probably not. Yeah, I think it's a projection, but the projection is uh, is based on some kind of uh, some kind of evidence happening. But uh, they they can't actually see the way in which uh, what what your difficulty fundamentally is. <clears throat> you can't really see what's happening with others. Some people are more inscrutable than others. Some people are kind of hanging out all over. And, up, and it appears like we understand the way in which they're having difficulty, but we don't. Sometimes people wor- are working, putting a lot of energy, in, working very hard to make damn sure you don't see what they're doing. They want to appear a certain way. They put a lot of energy and try to, and you know, These are. this is when we, you may realize, recognize this, this is when you're getting your identity from others getting your validity, your validation and your understanding about who you are from people's opinions about you. This is why it's, uh, having a teacher is so important because the teacher will support you in a way that helps you not in a way that gets in the way of your path. Yes, sir. Is it the same kind of
2: self-centeredness
0: that does the opposite of that
1: where you kind of just don't give a shit what people think?
0: To, uh, I'm not sure exactly what you're saying, but when when we say, well, I don't care what people think, that's that's just a very highly polished form of narcissism. Because we really do care what they think, but we want to look like a person who doesn't care. We want to be the, we want to draw attention to ourselves by being that person who, I don't care, oh, let's admire that person, He he doesn't care, she doesn't care about anything, they just... They just live their life. They're just these rugged individualists who don't care about others. This is—it's a highly sophisticated form of uh, narcissism or self-centeredness. Just takes on a different appearance. People sometimes who seem very, very humble and self-effacing, and you know, and are always taking the blame, or always—that's uh, um, uh, also highly sophisticated form of self-centeredness, a little bit harder to see. The person who really acts like a, an egomaniac, uh, to use a common term, is is obvious, uh, what everybody kind of agrees, but then there are always some people that really like that kind of person because they don't care what people think, and they just, but they do, they really care, really concerned, they
2: will yes.
0: Does all confusion have the same root? Uh, <clears throat> ignorance. So, to use a, a one of the teaching, the teaching of three poisons, it's ignoring. This is the teaching of uh, of the twelve links, the chain of existence. There's a there's a basic openness, as it's been talked about in a linear way, so that we can even think about it at all. Uh, it's a basic open dimension of being and somehow hot and cold or some kind of polarity starts to happen there. Instead of uh, a dance taking place, a spinning starts to take place. So the spinning starts to, starts to take place. And then we have uh, uh, ignorance, avidya, the, uh, the Tibetan is Ma Rigpa. And then we have uh, uh, formations and consciousness, and name and form, and all the way up through the sense fields and the grasping and the, and the, the becoming, Sickness, aging, and death, and, and then back around again—the way it looks. So, basic, basic ignorance It's called—and it's called the—I uh, don't know the technical word, but I can—it is called the, uh, the ignorance born within. So, it's not just the ignorance that we're doing actively, ignoring this and ignoring that, or shutting down on this that we're doing as living beings, conscious beings. It's the—it's <clears throat> the ignorance that starts right out as. In you um, just being a living being. The nature of this is ignoring passion, aggression, ignorance. Is that ignoring, not being separate? Are
2: we ignoring that? Yes. A question from Joseph over in Kalamazoo, he asks, what is the connection between scientific analysis and awareness?
0: So scientific uh, scientific analysis shows up in lots of ways, and basically it's uh, materialistic, but it, it should be. It's, it's dealing with the so-called concrete facts. Fire's hot, water's wet, ground is hard, wind, wind moves, and all the other Ways of looking at it, and they're repeatable and they're provable, and uh, and in the area that they're they're working in, they they work. You can actually kind of count on those to work within the particular realm in which they occur, which is uh, this very slow-moving vibration we call physical existence or physical realm. But if you start to you start to move away from this, then it gets uh, less predictable, and science will actually turn away from things that it that it can't can't grapple with, just like it did with the, the Earth being round for a little while there. Everybody knows it's flat. So, or you know, those kinds of things like uh, uh, physics that goes down into matter, way way down into a different realm, and it finds that... Very fundamental nature of things, and I'm not a physicist, and not particularly intelligent about that. But it's uh, they don't not sure whether things are actually things or whether they're waves. So, you know, the whole idea of uh, physical reality starts if you start to go into it. Same as if you go out the other direction, you find uh, what do you find out there? Balls of fire. How is that helpful? Balls of fire and balls of dirt that haven't blown up yet. So the uh, the analysis is fine as it goes, but you can't if you try to take that kind of thinking into uh, into the um, into some fundamental understanding. Then we have what we call spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual, trying to bring that kind of uh, attitude of uh, pushing on this and making some kind of, some, some situation happen, occur, some kind of uh, wish to control things. So uh, I, the example I could give is just take the example of the last time you had a dream. It seemed very real. Was it, was it real? Can you prove it? But so we write it off by saying, well, that was a dream. But when you were in that dream, it was, or that nightmare, or whatever it was, it was intense and it was real, and you were experiencing it. And your, and your body situation was asleep, but your mind was awake in that situation. So, since it happens to everybody all the time, we kind of, well, that's the dream. does
2: our confusion become more polished or sophisticated as we look at it? Yeah. It,
0: there'll be a slow defense starts to come up. The ego mind, the self-centered mind will slowly start to bring troops to the front lines to protect the identity. The, the identity is unreal. We don't, the ego does not want to be looked at too closely or discovered. That's why people you'll notice, uh, even the people who live here will notice that if you spend too much time here, you want to leave. Spend too much time sitting down, looking at the wall, uh, you want to do something else. You don't want to look at this because it is uh, threatening to any kind of self-centeredness or ego or self, or identity. It, uh, it can be threatened. <clears throat> this doesn't doesn't mean that if you go somewhere else, it doesn't mean that that's always the case. But it can be. our
1: self-centeredness hijack the body or um, our physical situation to
0: give us reasons to want to leave? I think so. Very much. The The way I know what's happening with someone is if they'll communicate with me about it, if they'll talk to me about it, then that's... But I, I've had people come and and actually, instead of coming and talking to me about what's happening, they, I, they just stop talking. Just they just disappear. They might have reasons, but they're they don't really want to talk about it. They just want to tell you and this is why I can't come here anymore. Or this is why I no longer want you to be my teacher because of they don't want to discuss it. They don't want to sit down and actually have a conversation about it. If they do that, then it's uh, it's not particularly suspect. Yes? And it is for me personally, a lot of times with athlete forms
1: fairly frequently this body situation, I'm yeah. wondering. Is that actually covering up something?
0: I doubt it. I doubt it. not. Not the way you function. I doubt it. You, you have uh, physical pain. Um, I mean, there could be something like that. but I, I doubt that you would be asking about me about it. You wouldn't want, You wouldn't want, you want to hear me respond to that and say, "Yeah, you're lazy. You need to get in here and meditate more." I want you to start block sitting every single day. And we'll hire somebody to do the other stuff you've been doing. How's that sound? <laughs> well, after I saw that mess you made over there. <laughs> no, it looks good. So, you know, I, I think it's so individual that I, I would hesitate to jump into anybody's situation and judge them, but it kind of shows up a little bit. There's kind of something going on when somebody leaves and won't we'll, well we'll talk about it, we'll discuss it communication so important communication that means i i say something you listen and then you say i think you're saying this and i say no i'm not exactly i'm not exactly i'm saying this and to have some kind of a conversation about it, just some give and take you might say and and then, then if communication is really good, then there's cooperation. But you can't jump to co- cooperation unless that, if that communication is ragged or if it's operating out of hope and fear. Try to talk to somebody that, uh, try to get cooperation or even collaboration out of somebody who is not present. They're in their mind and they're, they they might might not know they're terrified because they might be accusing you of something or telling you off or criticizing you. Any number of things. So it seems to be very necessary to, to... This is why we do what we do here is when there's in our... In the monastery, when there's issues between anybody, I say, sit down, face each other, bow to each other. This is what I want to talk to you about. Make it very formal. Give it a strong form so that so that both of you, there's some kind of respect that's happening between the two people, and you can, you can have some kind of... Uh, um, discussion or communication about what is happening, what kind of issues are happening, what's difficult, what's working, what's not working. And then you could actually, if that understanding is there, then then the, the cooperation part is the next step, then you can actually work with that situation. Is the thing
1: that seems to stay in the room in our consciousness the same thing that sees the distraction paraphrase yourself. I, I notice I'm distracted a lot, but it doesn't seem like I have much say so to to not
0: watch that too. So watching distraction is awareness. Not being a distracted, not being distracted is ignorance. What
1: does it mean to stay in the room? Don't leave.
0: Is that that esoteric, <coughs> arcane, secretive? Go ahead. Do distractions take us out of the room? Yes, but it's only about observing that. That's why I don't teach uh, shamatha Vipassana or uh, Shine and Lach-tang. Even though I did for many years, I don't teach trying to stay in the room necessarily. A little bit, but I don't teach trying to create a strong awareness person, a meditator. I, I talk about awareness all the time. If, you, if you're in the room and you're daydreaming about, and you're listening to the birds out, and there aren't any birds out there now, but if you're, if you're just if you're if you're in uh, in some kind of a daydream about something, it's about being aware of that. And you might not be for a while. You might be totally lost in imagination. Then you'll kind of flash on. Maybe there'll be a noise in the other room or something. And it'll bring you back into an awareness that you're. You're in a human form. and You're sitting here. But I'm sure you all noticed uh, when you're doing sitting meditation that you can get into a daydream and totally forget you're in the Zendo. Totally forget you're meditating and be, as they say, a thousand miles away. You're in some other kind of world. Yes? When you say you can't leave this room, is that a different level? Yes. But what I'm saying is just a... It, it's... It's hard to know how to express that, so I say it in that way. And what I'm pointing to is there isn't anything else but this. So you're always here. There is no no other moment but this. There is no next moment. Even though some people say so. (laughs) And as I've said before, I don't know how helpful it is, but a, a moment doesn't have any dimensions to it. A minute does. The second does, but a moment, it doesn't have uh, the beginning of the moment and the end of the moment. It has no no spatial dimension, but you, you know what that means if I say this moment, you know what that is. Now, if I say this moment, is this moment the same as the other moment or different? Yeah? What do you think? Huh? Both. Both of them. <laughs> um, yes. How can we work with things that seem to require our focus? Oh, I think it depends on what it is, but I would say focus on it. It's uh, just focus. Find out whatever, whatever that may be. It's very interesting the awareness. Uh, uh, if it goes from close focus on something you're working on, visual or mental or conceptual or whatever, you can notice that everything else just kind of fades out, and you're ju- you're just in that little tiny world of three or four letters or three or four shapes or, in your case, uh, uh, pounding code. <laughs> so you're just you're just doing that. Not not a not a problem at all. Very very one pointed. So it's not about getting getting rid of anything, or it's not about getting to something else. When, this, when that's understood, then you can flash into... Uh, out of that and be including everything, you can include that moment. Uh, it can happen uh, um, without going from one moment to the next. It could be the same moment.
1: I notice a lot of contrast coming in and out of that focus. Mm-hmm. Like, my awareness is sticking to something. Is that
0: ego? No, that's just awareness. It's not, it's, not, it's not something that I would point to as ego, necessarily. Ego is, is uh, the, the first situation is fine. It's when, when there's some kind of demand about it or some kind of grasping. It's like if, if, you're, if something happens and triggers something, you get angry. You know, that's, that's just, you just get angry. We're, we're human beings. We're going to have passion, aggression, and ignorance is happening. You just get angry or irritated at something. It's when there's some kind of resentment that starts cranking up underneath that. This is when the self-centeredness is want, wants blood, and wants revenge, or wants something. So we all have some experience of that happening. No, nothing extra, just the, the, first, the first anger is just, just anger that happens in uh, time and space when you're a living being in three-dimensional space, apparent three-dimensional space. You're bound to have that happen. Have some time left if really further questions.
2: I think you said um, n- not being distracted is delusion. How is that delusion?
0: If you think you're not distracted, so if you're, if you're getting a, a, some kind of a credential out of, you know, I'm really aware, taking some kind of position on this situation. I'm pretty aware. I might not be very smart, but I'm pretty aware of how I'm not very smart. Any position uh, has its uh, delusional situation. We're not trying to get rid of that. We're not trying to get rid of focusing on something. If you focus, if I focus on this, say I'm ignoring everything else. If I'm focusing on this, then I'm ignoring this. So as long as there's some kind of a, as long as there is a relevant situation happening, then we're gonna be pulled back and forth in those. And it's when we want something else. So being pulled back and forth is just very dance-like. But if there's no one dancing, then this, is, this seems to uh, uh, bring us into a kind of sanity that is not objecting with, uh, to anything, not, not at war with anything and if it does anything at all, it just dances. Stone woman gets up dancing, the wooden man begins to sing.
1: If fear arises when
2: I listen to you say something, uh, is that out of an imputation or some form of delusion? if fear arises
0: <clears throat> i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything other than just it's just fear there's there's nothing there's nothing to connect up and try to understand or figure out or, or give a name to it or anything just you're you're doing quite a bit by just calling it fear is it fear and if we go to what am i afraid of then we got circles So just look at the fear. When the fear comes up, it's a Dharma gate. Just look at the fear. Don't don't look at anything else but the fear. Don't ignore anything, particularly, but just look at the fear, just the texture of the fear. Shoga. Earlier, you were talking about dreams
1: and uh, the example of somebody chasing you in a dream. like there could be fear that arises in that dream Mm -hmm. there's also a a contrast between the dream and deep sleep can that
0: contrast help us see more clearly what fear is in waking? I I think you can I think uh, that was kind of what uh, the the, um, what were we calling the dream seminar that you did? Intentional dream practice intentional dream practice that Chiazan would taught several several times uh, that's kind of what that's about is to increase our our ability to understand more deeply what's happening in that in that in-between state
2: that
0: that that whole area of sleep that is uh, no one people talk about but no one can really explain exactly what that is we know what it looks like or what it feels like and people have different levels of being able to work with that some people don't will tell you they don't remember their dreams. This doesn't mean they don't dream. So yes, I would say, I would think looking at anything in consciousness, dreams, uh, look how we dream when we're sitting here and they call it a daydream, sit and face the wall for any length of the time. Eventually we start to daydream. We're here, our body's upright, sitting, we're not caving in and we're, we're, we're in uh, uh, California or we're in a past, a memory about the past, something we did when we were young or younger. And just mind is extremely, has an extremely powerful ability to just invent things about everything. Just consciousness. This, everything is, uh, it's a, might be very slow moving, slow vibration. I mean, it looks solid, but it's not, not really solid. It just feels that way. If this seems solid and that seems solid, you can put them together and then you (laughs) can, evidence that's real, that's solid. The contrast that Tibetans are saying is the dream you have at night, and you've heard me say this before because I think it's an interesting uh, metaphor. The dream you have at night is the sample dream. That shows you what a dream is. It's just a dream is something that seems very, very real and very, very solid and very convincing, and not real. And any of the practices we've done in the, with lucid dreaming, where you wake up in the dream, it's kind of an amazing area, kind of an in-between area where you can you have a you have just enough say so to, to see that you can actually manifest things in a dream form. And, and Chazan talked about that pretty extensively and, and gave uh, techniques and so on for. Uh, developing that or working on that but the dream you have at night is a sample dream this is the real dream the dream you have at night that shows you what a dream is you wake up and that was unreal that was so real that was so real all the senses function uh, you know high pitch in that area then we wake up and then what's being said is this is this is the real dream wake up from this one Do you think you would feel awake if you woke up from this one? (laughs) No, you wouldn't. Or would you? Am I wrong? (laughs) Shut
1: up.
0: Thinking of the contrast to that, when
1: we do have like a lucid dream experience, there there does seem to be some recognition. Is there a similar recognition on this dream? I think
0: there is. I think I don't know if it's a, if there's a direct corollary, but something is happening like that. This is this this is pretty solid. So we it's it's moving so slow that we can't just create a Mack truck. Whereas in a dream, you can create a Mack truck if you know what a Mack truck is. But if you don't, then you might create a water buffalo, and I think it was a metro. That's an interesting area. I wouldn't want to uh, say too much about it, like it's this or it's that, because I think it's so fascinating. And I think each person's dream world is going to be really unique, and will bring in all of the the karma, all of the causes and conditions that even brought you into this uh, human manifestation in the first place. We don't know where we came from. If you think you do then uh, maybe I'm wrong. What is the difference between looking into that subtle area
1: and daydreaming?
0: I think that, uh, are you talking about looking into that subtle area in a, in a dream or looking in uh, as you meditate or just as you're sitting here thinking about it or reflecting on it? I think the daydream actually pulls you into it, pulls the consciousness way into it, just like falling asleep pulls the consciousness even further into it. There's less; you don't have the anchor of the physical body. Whereas if you're daydreaming, you have the anchor of the physical body, so there's just a little bit of a you know, in-between state where you're, you're 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 going into the daydream enough so that you kind of forget uh, the body. Whereas in a, a deep sleep or in dream sleep, sti- sleep where you actually the body's asleep, uh, then uh, there's even less of a connection between the physical body and uh, the dream. And then uh, what you're asking about uh, originally was a, was a going into that, if you're sitting down doing sitting meditation, you can go into your consciousness, go deeply into your consciousness without particularly dreaming, without particularly indulging in or or generating lots of images and just just the spaciousness. Still and silent. Those are the two that show up in that area. It's very still, very silent, and there's no clock ticking. One final question if you have it?
2: Does confusion arrive with our karma?
0: I think so. I think it. it I think it come into this uh, lifetime, and we already have our eye color, our sexual uh, uh, situation, biological, um, our. Uh, ability to think clearly or not think so clearly and have a high intelligence level or maybe not so good, uh, to be, uh, so many things and the same thing is happening with with that, that that area is uh, part and parcel of the same situation. More.
2: Uh, Just the idea of control arises, Uh, do we have control over our confusion?
0: So it seems that the only thing that you fundamentally can do is to uh, stop uh, adding to the karma, stop adding to the the cause and effect, the circularity of samsara. This happens and that happens, this happens and that happens, this happens and that happens. This happens and 15 billion things happen. And then each one of those causes another 15 billion things to happen. It's like uh, ripples, throw a rock in the... Lake and there's ripples from it, but what you can do is realize who you fundamentally are, and you can do that by holding still, and watching what what continues to create forms, forms, and eventually the identi- identity. And there's no guarantee here. My way of talking about it is eventually, the consciousness instead of identifying with the forms, like subtle forms like feelings and emotions and discomfort and anxiety, instead of identifying with those the way you work with those is to just watch them and watch the way you're connected to them. And if you do that at some point or points, the, that which is seeing that stops buying into it. It stops grasping, it stops rejecting, and it stops shutting down. And it is uh, free. This doesn't mean you, you can fly. It doesn't mean that you're gonna live forever. There's still a body-mind complex happening but you're no longer tied down by any kind of thought pattern, negative, positive, neutral. Uh, as, as Coben says, the heart sutra of falling apart, falling apart, falling. What's falling apart? The identity and the belief in a separate self is falling apart. It's coming apart. The belief in others coming apart, coming apart. And then at the end, his very, very mundane way of saying it, nothing to do. There isn't anything to do.
2: We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our Red Chan books. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. They're still there. And we gladly receive and depend on your financial support. Thank you for your help. We also do take online donations through PayPal. Or checks in the mail. May the merits
1: enter into all places So that we in every sentient being together Can realize the Buddha's way Ji-ho-san-chi
2: Sattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. The Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the tender actions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect the Pukhoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.